It is Saturday morning to everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. You can find out everything there is to know on his website at www.robgw.com. Rob, well, my friend, great to see you. Good to see you this morning, Gary. Happy uh, Festivus. It's the Festivus time of year, right? It's the Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah, I know you already you already had your Hanukkah earlier in yep. it was early this year. Yeah. So yeah. tomorrow's Christmas Eve and the following day is Christmas. You don't do you don't celebrate Christmas or uh, probably not. I mean, I would say I socially celebrate, you know, but not well, I'm not all. doing the tree and well, any no, of you that. Wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, sure, but Everybody gets caught up in the Christmas spirit oh, this time. I of year. probably have more Christmas music than anybody. <laughs> you remind me of a lot of friends of mine that are Jewish and um, love Christmas music. Love it. A couple of them even have a tree. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. That's yeah, becoming more do. and more popular. Hey, it's yeah. a great time of year. What can I say? You know, it's time to put some reflection on the last twelve months. Time to look forward to the new year, and especially, I think we said this maybe last year, but man, it's been a rough one for a lot of people. I think it's been way rougher in 23 than 22, even though many thought it was a bad year last year. And uh, I'm really here, though, to be positive. I want to give hope and optimism. There's you so always much, are. I was going to say, but, that, but that's no different from you any other week. You're always a positive. You, your message is always positive. And we like well, that. Well, yeah, the there's always opportunity. But I think right now we're really in a unique spot because there's, regardless of how you want to mentally be, there's just bad things going on in the world, right? Well, that's and sure. I think that's more prominent now than it's been maybe the last couple of years around this time. There's there's wars going on now that weren't then. There's turmoil going on with right, finances right here. and right everything. Right yeah. So, but what I think, what I'm seeing is that I really think that we've turned a corner. Like I really, really do. Okay. And I didn't think that before. You know. But we hold on a it. second here because it was only a week or two ago uh, when you hinted that you're not sure. You, you, how do I say this? I'm trying to remember this. I remember the the whole premise. You had every bit of confidence even a week or two ago about 2024 being the year in which the interest rates come right. down. What you said was, look, I don't, could it be March? Could it be July? Could it be October? That I can't tell you. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know that. But all my indicators say 2024 is going to be significant when it happens. However, you're talking about it's not even – you're still another week to go in, in 2023 – and we're already starting to see interest rates come down right. a, a little bit. Right. And that's that's that ter, have we turned the corner, you know, that question. Well, it's a start. And it's looking like I mean it's looking like it. I'm not going to say we have because we might be in the eye of the storm. That's the other analogy that I've heard, you know. Maybe right now it's just the calm before the rest of the storm which is coming. So I'm I'm not a psychic. I don't know any more than anybody else except for the fact that I'm in the mortgage and real estate industry every single day. I'm talking to dozens, even hundreds a week in realtors, home buyers, home sellers, and all these people in the process. So I think from that perspective, I have a unique look at what's going on, like boots on the ground today versus the statistics that we hear and see in the news and all that, which are like they look at a month or two or three months ago, right? So – that's looking very, very All right, nice. so, Rob, uh, to that point, 
you are talking to the people that you're talking to. You're talking to real estate agents and you're talking to real estate investors. But that aside, you're also talking to the lenders, right? What oh, are, yeah. What are what are you hearing from them? What what are what are they hearing about? I mean, the lenders are basically getting ready to get ready, right? So what happened is in 2020 and 2021, pretty much every lender was caught off guard because we had this huge refinancing boom. The COVID money was out in full force, right? And there was more mortgages to be worked on than there were people to work on them. So there was a big operational problem where we couldn't close the mortgages fast enough. And that created, I mean, everybody did really well, but people looked back and said, I wish I would have done that better. I wish we would have staffed up. I wish we would have had the right people in play. But here's the crazy thing is just over the last year, we've seen the mortgage industry and real estate industry staffed down. There's been firings, mergers, acquisitions, and all this craziness. But now all of a sudden, again, we're turning a corner and we're going from, you know, literally a week or two ago, cutting positions a month ago, entire divisions laid off, and now the market shifts, and we need to get ready to do more mortgages than we've seen in years, right? Because if and when the rates come down to this level, everybody that bought a home in really the last two years is going to be in play for a refi. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. There's not enough loan officers and processors and underwriters to handle that wave of refinancing. So the people that are in the uh, management, the CEOs, the you know operational managers are looking at how can we move efficiencies in a way to help us deal with the amount of volume. The big solution is technology, right? So like that's what I've really taken on as a, a you know very micro level. How can I do this better? Better technology makes things faster, makes things more accurate. We can process more mortgages now than we could even a year or two ago because the technology I'm using, number one, it's way ahead of what we had. And number two is actual synergy between the lenders and us, meaning I can transfer files and things from my system to a bank in seconds. It used to take hours, you know, and now with the technology, it's so quick and easy, we can do more mortgages. So that's what I'm seeing as far as the trend in the industry. Let's talk about the housing market. Okay. It's been a crazy well, one what's, here. What's, let's start with right now. What's the current state of the housing market? 2023 Q4. And well, so, yeah, end of Q4. So before the show, I did some research on Redfin. Everyone's probably heard of Redfin. They do really good real estate statistics, very recent and very localized. So I looked up some statistics for Connecticut on Redfin. And the statistics that I'm telling you about are like as of October 31st. So this is as recent as we get them. The median sale price in Connecticut was 397200 That means nothing, right? What means something, though, is 10.3% year-over-year growth. The home median price in Connecticut grew by over 10% from October 22 to October 23. And some areas in Connecticut, we'll talk about, are up over 25% in the last year. Many areas, like dozens, are up 18 to 20%. And I've said this before, Gary, Connecticut right now is a shining star in the U.S. housing market. It hasn't been for decades. I mean, we've, you know, we've seen a lot of carnage in the, in the real estate market in Connecticut up until like 2020, 2019. 
the market was really, really bad. So now that we've got all this pent up demand, you're seeing people are moving here. People want to be here. And there's this double digit growth going on. So the other thing that's having a negative impact is the home supply, right? There's not enough homes. You know better than anyone. Inventory's low, yeah. Homes supply for sale is down 33.2%. So last year we were talking about how bad the housing market was with not a lot of homes. Now it's 33.2% worse. You have 33.2% less houses than you did. So as far as the pricing goes, everyone wants to know when are prices going to go down and all that, right? But let's look at the statistics. So a little over 60% of homes in Connecticut sold for over list price in the last 12 months. A little over 60%. That's up almost 11% over list price from last year. So Connecticut is seeing price growth. We are not seeing decline. We are not seeing things pull back. You know, unless you've priced your home ridiculously, you're not needing to like significantly reduce your asking price in most cases. And then the other thing that's coming into play, we'll spend some time on here is like this entire year, basically, we've seen the interest rates increasing, right? 2023, other than maybe a little blip back in February, March, the interest rates have been on a steady increase. All of a sudden, just in the last 30 to 40 days, that decrease has started. The increasing has stopped, I should say. The bleeding is stopping on these interest rates where people were just throwing in the towel. I can't afford it. This isn't going to work. All of a sudden, all these people are coming back in. Wait a second. I heard the rates are lower now. But here's the crazy thing is Q4, end of the year, 23, this hasn't made mainstream news. Unless you're in the real estate housing industry or you know someone that is in mortgage or something that does this every day, like, most average people out there that are looking to buy homes haven't heard yet how low the rates have gotten. They've heard maybe they've been going down. They haven't heard how low they've been getting. They didn't know they could get a house for maybe what it would have been three or four or five months ago, you know? It's been a big increase, so people got scared. Now they're not as scared, and now we're seeing that decrease, so now more people getting in the market. That's what we're seeing going into next year. What are the factors that are contributing to these changes? The prices up double digits is huge because a lot of people were on the sidelines going, I'm waiting for the crash. I'm waiting for the crash. Sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Crash didn't happen. Their friend just paid 20000 over. Their coworker just paid list price. Someone else just paid you know 10000 over. I guess that decline's not happening, right? And the fear of missing out takes over. If someone really needs to buy a house FOMO. and they see that double digit increase, like we're talking about, 10.3% year over year. They're going to get scared. You know, they're going to want to buy at any cost. So many people are also moving to Connecticut from other higher cost areas. Many people are moving within the state because of remote work, commuting flexibility. That's all, you know, factoring into these changes in the last year. And finally, I'd say a a big point on that note, Gary, is that finally people that have been underserved or priced out of the market for like the last year, year and a half, they're finally able to maybe start trickling back into the market as we see these rates, hopefully not just get to where they're at, but continue that decline. More and more people are going to be able to get in and buy homes. Are there any specific markets that are experiencing significant growth? Yeah. So there's some specific markets that just it's ridiculous. Seller's market, right? Every house, many, many, many offers, a um, lot of bid over ask price, you know, a lot of that going on. Yeah, tell me. About um, it. And, and you know, it's it's some of some of them maybe you would think, some others you wouldn't. So West Hartford's a huge one. I've seen 
West Hartford. I mean, everyone loves it for the proximity to, you know, a great area to walk around and restaurants, shops, etc. And a lot of people have been literally hand over fist paying anything that it could take to get into the West Hartford market. Also, I believe the schools there are excellent, right? So it's making a big impact. Yeah, you need money and and the prices are being pushed up. Um, One that most people don't think, but we've seen a lot of growth is Waterbury, you know, and I say this because I was doing business in Waterbury in 2003 and four, and I saw like these really small homes going for ridiculous prices, but then we saw the market crash, okay? So Waterbury had a really bad market crash like a lot of big cities in Connecticut, but starting around 2019 into the COVID eras of 2020, those prices started going back up again, and now Waterbury's a very, very Mm, opportune town to buy a home in because while the taxes are quite, quite high, the home prices are still a lot lower. West Haven is a great area that I'm seeing a lot of people want to move to, a lot of growth in West Haven. And the other one that is huge growth right now in Fairfield County is Norwalk. We know that Fairfield County is a higher cost area, right? Mm. You look at a lot of areas like Wilton, Weston, Greenwich, right? I mean, the average person can't live there. Not even in the closeness of possibility. New Canaan, there you go. Like all these towns are average prices of a million plus. Well, Norwalk, while it is a nice town, great schools, all that's good, it's actually the lowest priced in that area. But it's kind of a city, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it got is. a city it's atmosphere more than a more sure, and that might play in with suburban. it too, but you're able to get, you know, some of the positives of living closer to New York, right, for commuting and whatnot while still having a more affordable housing market. So that's a reason for growth there. Declining markets, last year there were quite a few and I was doing research this year, I couldn't really find many declining markets in Connecticut. Most markets are not going down. I really couldn't find one that I said, yep, there's one that's going down. It's really pockets of people saying, I'm going to list my house at a ridiculous price, right? That's going to happen in any city, in any town, anywhere. Um, It's unfortunate, but those are the cases where you see a house sitting for six months or they have to drop the price significantly. It's not because the market's declining. It's because the house was mispriced from the beginning. Are there any challenges in the housing market right now that we're facing? And and how are they being addressed? I would say the number one challenge right now is going to be the affordability. Okay. So the affordability is really the cost of housing rising faster than wages. And I know people are talking about getting bonuses and wages going up, and they have, but not at the pace of housing. Like we were just talking about, housing in Connecticut has gone up over 10% in the last 12 months. Did your salary go up 12% in the last 12 months? Most people, it didn't, right? And that's on top of double-digit growth over the last few years. So it's not stagnant and it went up 10. It went up double-digit, right, for several years here during COVID. So, like, you look at what a house costs today versus what that same house cost in 2019 And it's ridiculous. It really, really is ridiculous. Yet in 2019, I had people complaining about affordability, saying, oh, I'm not buying that house. It's too expensive. So that's definitely a big one. The way it's being addressed is the government has definitely been encouraging a lot of low money down, no money down type of mortgage programs. So there's a lot more options today that we have. Many of the banks I work with have down payment assistance with no income limit. Literally someone making 
Six and seven figures can get down payment assistance. That wasn't available before, but that speaks to affordability challenges that are happening for sure. And I think the government is going to continue to you know, bring in programs to help spur affordability like that. Limited inventory shortage for homes, that's one of the biggest challenges. Hopefully with a decline in interest rates, you know, there's a lot of people that say, God, if rates just got back down to five or four, I'd, I'd sell my house right away. And they're getting there. They're getting there quickly. So I think that that could help free up some some housing inventory. That's coming up. And, you know, the initiatives there are the government trying to incentivize home builders and people to build more affordable housing, right? That's definitely been out there. Construction of new homes, converting existing properties into rental units. Um, there's just a lot of that going on. The other thing is that there's still a huge cohort that thinks they can't buy a home and has to rent for life. So educating those people on credit, finance, savings, investments, things like that can help spur the housing market and, you know, overcome some of these challenges for sure. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. You can always check out Rob online at www.robgw.com. Also. Write this phone number down, 860-413-3938. I'll say it again, 860-413-3938. And you can email them at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. I'll repeat all of that more towards the end of the show. Rob, are there any government, you mentioned something about government policies a moment ago, and it really caught my okay. attention. Are there any government policies or, or maybe initiatives that are affecting the housing market right now? Yeah, I'd say the biggest government initiative is the Federal Reserve that is restricting interest rates. So, you know, they've talked about cutting rates here coming up, but as of now, they've been in a restrictive stance for the last couple years, right? Um, They haven't been buying the mortgage-backed securities and the treasuries the way they were, which made interest rates go down to those lifetime low levels we saw during covid If that changes and those policies change, we could see further reduction in interest rates. That's for sure, because the Fed was the biggest buyer of mortgage-backed securities during COVID. So if they go back to even a portion of that to help, you know, spur the economy a bit, spur the market, that's definitely going to help. Maybe that'll happen next year. And then the other thing I mentioned was down payment assistance. So many states and localities offer down payment assistance programs to help first-time buyers with those upfront costs of purchasing a home. Namely, you know, a, a first-time buyer program can require like a three, three and a half percent down payment. It's not a big down payment, but with the prices going up, three, three and a half percent of a half a million dollars is more than a lot of people can afford. In addition to the closing costs that you pretty much have to pay almost every time. So, you know, that's been a big deal getting that down payment assistance. And there used to be so much restrictions on the down payment assistance, whereas now I'm seeing a lot of it opened up. Again, flexibility, where you don't have to be a first-time buyer. You don't have to um, you know, make under a certain amount of money. That was a big one because, I mean, let's be honest, to live in this state, you got to make 100000 plus household income. But a lot of these down payment assistance programs, the state-run government ones, those really had a cap. They would say, well, if you make more than the median income, for example, eighty, eighty-five thousand 85000 in a lot of areas in Hartford County, if you made more than that household income, you wouldn't qualify for down payment assistance. So a lot of people that needed it couldn't get it. Those obstacles are gone now, and there's down payment assistance that's much more widely available to help with this stuff. Do you notice any specific trends um, 
or maybe innovations that are influential in the future of housing? I would say the big trend I'm seeing that's continuing still is the rise in remote work. Okay. We saw a spike in it. Many people are looking for homes with more space and amenities that can accommodate a home office. office. Sometimes one spouse works from home. Sometimes both work from home. And you need a very specific home layout to accommodate two spouses working from home, right? So that's definitely been a change and a shift. And while I know some people are going back to the office, so to speak – from what I've seen and heard, it's a, a hybrid scenario where you're working from home a few days and you're going in a few days. So there still is a need for that home office for sure. Another thing that's influencing, or I should say, an innovation in the housing market right now is the rise of the rental market. So the rental market is rising because it's so hard to buy a home, that affordability issue we were talking about. And there's been certain times in history when owning a home actually was cheaper than renting. It's way off now. It's way cheaper to rent today, at least in Connecticut, than it is to buy. (laughs) Yeah, it's still expensive to rent, though, too. It's expensive either way, but when you really look at it, it's much cheaper to rent right now. So that is creating a growth in the rental market with more people opting to rent. And like I said, affordability, flexibility, too. A lot of young people don't know where they're going to be with their jobs. And there's a lot more high-quality luxury rentals, as we call them, A-class rentals, that a lot of the time those would have been sold as homes or apartments. Now they're being rented. And you'll see them in any big city, the luxury, the the A-class rental that you go, wow, that's that's for rent. Yeah. That looks like a half a million plus property. Some of them fully furnished. Yeah. And you're seeing more and more of that. And you're going to see more and more of that as we continue with the housing market, You know, uh, the prices and the, that affordability challenge. And the use of technology we were talking about being used more and more with 3D modeling and virtual tours, that sort of thing. And the last one I'll say is micro apartments. So we're seeing a lot more, you know, that tiny home concept going into apartment living, micro apartments, small apartments. It's helping with affordability. And again, it's along the same lines of that tiny home concept. All right. So then I'm going to ask you if there's any advice that you could offer someone, maybe who is, whether they're looking to buy or sell a home next year, what advice would you offer them? I would say right now it's more important to work with a real estate professional than it's been in the past, like an actual agent or broker that can help you navigate the process, help you with negotiation. That's huge. A lot of people start the housing process and the home buying process without a realtor to help them, without a lender. Definitely a big mistake. You want to make sure you've got those people on your team really to give their guidance and expertise. Uh, The next thing I would say is research the market. Research is so important right now. you got to have an understanding of the local areas that you're looking in before you buy a home because otherwise you might make an uh, an ill-informed decision, I should say, whether it comes to the pricing, the timing, you know, all those location factors. You also right now – more than ever, you got to be ready to move quickly. I've talked to a few home buyers that were pre-approved by me in the last month or two, and you know we check up constantly. And what I'm finding is I'm hearing, oh, we lost that bid. Oh, someone got that within 24 hours. So you need to be decisive and prepare, be prepared to move quickly because it's such a competitive market. If you see something that you like, that you might even remotely possibly want, as a property, you need to immediately contact your realtor in minutes, not hours, and you need to immediately get a showing set up and get that communication going with the listing agent because 
what I'm seeing is generally it's the first couple people that go and see or get put an offer in on the house that are going to get it in this market. That's Nobody wants sure. to overbid, though, too. You don't want to overbid, but in this market, you got to be comfortable. That's why having the mortgage advice and the financials up front is so helpful, Gary, because you know what your max bid is. You know where your comfortability from a payment is, right? And we can run those numbers to make sure you don't overbid and get in over your head. You also, though, want to be flexible. And that's the last thing I'll say on this topic is you got to be flexible in your location. Maybe you're going to need to you know, change your expectations a little bit in order to succeed. And it might be you know, maybe paying a little bit more than you originally wanted to, but you're able to get something for that extra money. You're able to feel good about getting what you need. So also consider homes that may not be exactly what you're looking for, but have potential for the future. Final question. Should, uh, Should buyers and sellers pay more attention to any specific upcoming changes to the housing market? Like, what should they be alert for? This is good. This is really, really important. So if you're planning on buying or selling a home in 2024, this is probably the most important advice you'll hear. Hmm. You want to pay very close attention to what's going on with the interest rates because that can have a significant impact on how much you can borrow or how much the people that you're selling your home can borrow, and it can affect your affordability. So generally speaking, if the rates are lower, the buyer's going to be able to afford more. That could help you to price your home accurately, okay? Be prepared to act swiftly. If you see rates come down, that could be a great time to list that home on the market and get top dollar. The government policies and programs, if the government's going to try to spur the market more, they might you know, relax lending standards a little bit. They might put out some tax credits like they did years back. So keep that in mind. You want to be looking at the market conditions and collaborating with your wealth team, your realtor and your mortgage advisor mainly, to look at the market conditions in the areas. A lot of time a realtor will see a market that's having issues or problems several weeks or even a month before those surface in the actual pricing. So that's very important to time the pricing of buying and selling. And the last thing is the changes in the economy. We know this next year is going to be crazy, but we don't know what's going to happen. So Pay close attention to the economic events that are going on that can have a big impact on both the interest rates and the market. Look at the employment numbers, the inflation rates, and consumer confidence is a really important one because all those things can affect the demand for housing and the health of the housing market. I, you know, I got to tell you, if somebody's listening to this right now, they should be pretty excited about going into 2024. Lot to be excited about, that's for sure, especially coming out from where we've been. There's a huge light at the end of the tunnel that we're approaching. And like I said at the top of the show, Gary, I truly believe that we've turned the corner. The question, how low will the rates go and how will the housing market react? Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like more information on this show, as well as any of the others that we have broadcast over the last uh, few years, my goodness, simply head over to Rob's website, which is www.robgw.com. You can also send him an email. We can get answered right here on these very airwaves. Uh, simply send him an email to Mortgage Matters Radio Show at Gmail. And once again, his phone number, write it down, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you one more time. If you can't call him uh, today, and I know you've got Christmas Eve and and Christmas, you know, day after tomorrow, that's fine. That's why I want you to write it down, okay, and give him a buzz on on Tuesday. There you go. Uh, Here, 860-413-3938. 38, at least get the ball rolling. If you can schedule a consultation, maybe he can answer a couple of questions that you have, but certainly meet 
with Rob Weinberg. Rob, great stuff this morning. I can't thank, thank you. you enough. I'm looking already forward to, to next week. Folks, uh, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long.